to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. Today we're going to be doing a video interview, which I'm really excited about, and I will introduce our guest here shortly, but we are always getting new listeners, so I always like to give people a little background about us, and my name is Lori LeBay. My mom had dementia for 30 years, so I get the walk, I get the talk, I get the frustration, and I get the joy on this path. And due to my mom's dementia and my journey with her, I decided to switch careers and create a company called Alzheimer Speaks. And Alzheimer Speaks is really a platform to raise everyone's voice. So really, we're an advocacy-based company that just really wants to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort all around the world and to get the support services, products, and tools out to people in need, because that's what we really felt as a family that we were missing. We also help companies with their brand footprint because we don't think it makes a lot of sense to, for everyone to kind of recreate things, but I, I, we believe really strongly in sharing and, and lifting one another up. And we couldn't do that without our loyal listeners like you. You guys have been absolutely fantastic. Your likes, your clicks, your shares, you might not think means a lot or does a lot, but it puts miles on the internet. When you push out our content, you, you don't always know who in that sphere, if it's your Facebook friends, if it's your Twitter tribe, if it's your LinkedIn colleagues, who's dealing with dementia? Because a lot of people don't talk about it. And so the more information we can get out to them, and make them feel comfortable and normal and grabbing it, the easier it's going to make their life. And so, again, I just really, really appreciate um, your help with your likes, your clicks, and your shares. It really is important. That collaboration is is massive, massive support. So thank you. You can all find more information out about us by going to alzheimerspeaks.com as well. There you'll find our different projects and initiatives from dementia-friendly communities to memory cafes and, and so much more. Now, let me introduce our guest today because I'm really excited to have her with us. We've got Lakeland Hogan with us, and she's a gerontologist and a caregiver advocate Home Instead Senior Care. Lakeland works to educate professionals, families, and communities on issues that face older adults. And she has a special passion for helping people navigate the challenges of dementia, caregiving, and connecting them to valuable resources, which we all need. She has her MBA and her MA in uh, social gerontology, and she is currently a doctoral candidate for a program at the University of Nebraska, Omaha. So congratulations, Lakeland. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. Um, I'm so excited uh, to 
to be part of, of today's um, show. I've, I've listened to your show and I know the great work that you're doing. And so I'm just honored to, to be here today and to talk more with you about uh, Alzheimer's and dementia caregiving, which we know, as you mentioned, can be challenging at times. It's kind of that roller coaster of emotions and experiences. And the more that you know as a caregiver, the more you can be empowered uh, to care and the more resources you can have access to with the more um, outlets that you have for resources. So just very excited to be here and to share today. Well, thank you. One of the questions I always ask our, our uh, guests, and I hope you don't mind this, is have you been personally touched by dementia in your circle of family or friends? I have. And it actually was when I was a really young little girl. Uh, one of my great-grandmothers had dementia. And at that time, uh, that's what it was just referred to as was dementia. And um, so I have a few very distinct memories from when I was little. There was a time we were all at church and my mom said, you know, go give great grandma a hug goodbye. And so I, of course, did what my mom says uh, to do. And uh, so I gave her a hug and she said, oh, that's nice little girl. Who are you? And I looked at my mom and thought, how does she not know who I am? And that has really, really stuck with me uh, through my adulthood. Uh, and, you know, grandma had great, great grandma had uh, wonderful care, fortunately. Uh, but, um, you know, that is something that our family dealt with. Uh, on, on one side of the family. So I have been touched by it uh, in a personal way, but also I work with so many family caregivers in my profession, uh, some of which feel like family to me, uh, the clients that I have served over the years. Uh, and so I've seen it from multiple perspectives. Interesting, you, you mentioned that story. I had a similar situation with a great aunt who was in a nursing home who one day didn't know who I was. And I, re I remember it distinctly. I was 13 years old and I was devastated. I just thought, why doesn't she love me? How can she not know who I am? She knows my brother. My brother doesn't have anything to do with her, you know, and so I was really offended. I took it real personal, but I remember for like about two weeks, I just bawled about it, and I remember screaming out one day, I never want anyone to feel that pain, and then it's kind of amazing the work we're both doing, you know, yeah. how the dots kind of connect to things, and you, you think we're our paths aren't all that driven, but it is, it's pretty, pretty interesting when we look back at our history and the impact certain things have had on us over time. Now, Homestead, you know, really sees the prevalence of, of Alzheimer's and all the other dementias out there. What, I guess, what is their viewpoint and what are their goals in terms of, of looking at this? Because this has to be hitting you guys fast and strong with the care that, that you give people. It most certainly is. We're seeing that about two-thirds of the individuals that we're serving have some sort of cognitive impairment, whether it's uh, MCI all the way through to Alzheimer's disease, uh, Lewy body dementia. So we see multiple types of dementia in the clients that we serve. And so um, as a network-wide organization, um, Home Instead uh, is in 12 countries. We have just over 1,200 franchise offices across the U.S. So we're in the homes of so many individuals, seeing families across the globe uh, struggling with the issues of, of caring for a loved one with 
Alzheimer's or other types of dementia. And so we've really made a commitment um, to, to Alzheimer's and dementia in three different ways. So not only do we provide much needed care and support through our home care services across the globe, we also are a thought leader in the space. We know that, uh, I mean, just like you're doing here on the, the podcast, more and more people need to know about the resources and the support out there. Uh, people need individuals to speak up on their behalf for better care and support and resources, uh, not only in the United States, but across the globe. So we're really committed uh, in the thought leadership capacity and also uh, in the free resources that we offer. We know that not everyone has access to care, whether they live in a rural part of, of the country or maybe can't otherwise afford it, but we can offer free resources and we do that online. So uh, we do have um, a big commitment to Alzheimer's and dementia care in, in those kind of three areas. Well, that's huge. I mean, it's it, fantastic because you know, I think one, a lot of people don't know how big home and set is. You know, I think a lot of people think, well, they're in my country and or they're in my state. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of think in that sense. But when you're out there in that international base and then really seeing that, man, it's not much different no matter where you go, because mm-hmm. I know that that's a question that people have. And then in terms of being a thought leader and, and really looking kind of from that high elevation down of what are the needs and what are the different ways that we can approach that and then to be able to understand that not everybody can afford services, but they still need to be connected to those resources. So kudos kudos to you guys because those are three big, major areas of need. I really see it as not only an honor to be able to uh, be a thought leader and an advocate, but we we feel a duty and a responsibility to those that we serve and, and the millions of people who are dealing with a diagnosis or the symptoms of Alzheimer's or another type of dementia. So uh, it's a big part of who we are as a company and whether we're serving older adults in, in rural Kansas or in uh, China, you know, uh, it's the the struggles, again, are just uh, universal in a lot of ways. And so if we can bring our collaborative knowledge across our markets uh, to help the greater good, we want to do that. Can we go a little bit deeper in terms of how your company supports individuals living with dementia and their families and care partners within the services that you provide? Because maybe breaking these down even a little bit more to a couple of things that you provide in each area that you're involved in. I would be happy to. Uh, So when it comes to the care that we provide, uh, we generally provide care in the home. So whether that's a residential setting or a community uh, memory care facility, assisted living facility, we go to the individual. So we provide highly personalized care and we do have a specific Alzheimer's and dementia training program for our caregivers. So they learn about the disease itself and ways to best manage the behaviors that result from Alzheimer's and other dementias. And we teach them strategies to help enhance and improve their quality of life. And so uh, we do that through engaging them in meaningful activities, Uh, again, really personalizing that care to meet the individual where they're at, but also enhance their independence, because we know that that's something that's so important to people of all ages, no matter the age that they're diagnosed with, with Alzheimer's or dementia or any chronic condition really, is that sense of independence. So that kind of is um, a little bit about 
the care and support that we provide. And then we also, um, in terms of our thought leadership, I, I have a slide here that shows you just all the different Alzheimer's related organizations we're a part of and that we have leadership roles within uh, and that we're working together with to move the needle forward in the Alzheimer's and dementia space. So some of them look familiar, like you know the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, we're also part of um, you know women's movements, Women Against Alzheimer's, Women's Brain Health Initiative, because we know women are impacted in greater numbers, not only with those who have the disease, but also those caring for those with the disease. So we we have a lot of um, of our focus in those areas because of the prevalence. And then even the World Economic Forum, which you might not think that that could be a way to support those living with Alzheimer's and other dementias, but caregiving and senior related issues are really coming to the, the top of the, of the most pertinent issues that are facing you know, countries across the world in an economic way. And so we're taking a leadership stance there too. So um, you know, that's just a, a kind of a quick snapshot of how we're impacting uh, in the thought leadership space. And when it comes to our free resources, that's where I get most excited. That's where I spend a lot of my time and my role is supporting caregivers. And whether that's uh, someone caring for a loved one with dementia, or uh, just general caregiving. So we have various uh, websites that we have available to the public for free. So I just did a quick screenshot of our Help for Alzheimer's Families website. And so you can see this here. On this website, we have a free family caregiver training online. So we've taken what we teach our caregivers, our professional caregivers, and pretty much made it available to family caregivers so they can better understand, you know, my loved one has this diagnosis. What is Alzheimer's disease? What is dementia? What am I going to expect, or what can I expect uh, to happen to my loved one as they go through this disease? And then some, some tips and tools, resources to help them along the way. So I love that free resource. And then I also do monthly live chats, which are really fun. I, I connect with an expert out in the field on a various topic, uh, and then we, we just dive in and, and discuss it, and then we take live questions from our audience that's tuning in to us. And so we answer questions live, and on on the internet so it's again um, open access and a, a great tool and then there's some other great features of the website we do a weekly email on various topics um, and then you can also apply for a grant program uh, which I'll tell you guys all a little bit more about in, in just a little bit and then we also have an app that you can download for free and I have a little snapshot of it here but this app is great once you download it from your Google Play or Apple Store you can type in any situation that you or your loved one is struggling with. Uh, let's say um, it's it's bathing or um, evening, late uh, late afternoon agitation, those types of things. You just type those in and lots of tips and tools uh, are sent right to your fingertips. So um, again, some great resources that are free um, and available to uh, everyone. And again, we were talking earlier about Sometimes it's hard to know where to go for help and support. So these, this website, helpforalzheimersfamilies.com, is a great, great tool. Well, that's a wonderful. The, the app, I would think people would just, I mean, everybody's got their phone, you know, in their hand, in their purse, in their pocket, you know, right on them all the time. So that's got to be just a, 
a huge, huge resource for people because, again, a lot of times you're carrying all different types of different things or you're trying to physically maybe assist somebody so you can't be um, loaded down with resource books and things like that. It's it just, and it's a nice, easy, easy thing for people to share and, and be able to access. So that's great. And I, I like that you're, you're doing the, um, the chats, including families where you're interviewing the experts and um, having that, uh, that dialogue with people, helping them out. That's, that's a wonderful, a wonderful, wonderful resource as well. So thank you for, for sharing um, those things with us and having, having the slides uh, just helps, you know, to, to be able to see exactly what it is you're, you're talking about there. We know that, you know, time away for caring situation, we call it respite, is really important. And I know a lot of families out there don't even know what respite is until they hear it from somebody else and it has to be, it has to be explained. Can you tell us why respite or getting some time away to care for oneself when caring for another is so important? You're right. So many people don't really understand what respite is. And there's a great analogy out there. And I don't know who started it. I've heard it in, in multiple settings. But when you're on an airplane, they say you have to put your oxygen mask on first before assisting the person next to you. And that really applies to the caregiving situation. You have to take care of yourself. So that you can continue to provide care to your loved one. So the term respite is really just kind of taking a rest from the caregiving situation, whether it's for 15 minutes or an entire week. Uh, it really depends on the situation, how much time you can get away, but taking those little moments for extended periods of time to recharge your batteries. Um, you know, you wouldn't expect your cell phone to continue working if you didn't recharge it every night. So the same thing goes for caregivers. We need to recharge our batteries uh, before we can go on to continue providing care and support to our loved one. Uh, and people often wonder, you know, where do I turn for respite? Uh, and I like to tell people, it's you have to kind of tap into that network around you. So it could be a family member or a friend or even a neighbor stopping over for a short period of time uh, so that you can get away and make sure that you're caring for your own needs. We know that, uh, especially when it comes to the health of caregivers, they're first to make sure their loved one gets to all of their appointments, but often put their own on the back burner. So it might be taking an hour or two away from the caregiving situation to go to their own um, you know, annual physical, just to make sure that they're staying healthy and on top of their own uh, health care needs. Um, but respite could also uh, be uh, found in maybe your local faith-based community or volunteer program within your community. The area agencies on aging are also a great resource that can help connect you oftentimes to a respite resource center. Uh, so um, these are some, some areas to look at for respite care. Of course, you can hire a professional home care company like Home Instead. Uh, we provide a lot of respite care. It's a big part of what we do, filling in the schedule when family can't be there or making sure that the family can get time away. Uh, but then there's also some uh, care communities who have a respite program. So let's say you do have uh, a vacation you want to go on or uh, a family function that you need to attend and you'd like your loved one to stay in a community for a couple of nights. Some communities do have that more extended 
uh, respite option. So there are options out there for respite. Sometimes you have to get creative and tap into uh, kind of those unusual suspects uh, in your social circles, but um, having that opportunity to get away, gosh, it's so, so important. And I'm sure, Lori, you talk to many caregivers who uh, feel like maybe they don't even have time to take a nap or to take a shower, uh, but we know that those those moments away can be so helpful, uh, again, to recharge those batteries. Yeah, it's interesting when you mentioned about sleep. I, I've had um, a few uh, people who have hired a company like Home Instead to come in be, and just so that they could nap. They were still going to be in the house, but they just needed to sleep. And so um, I've seen, and there's so many different ways. I mean, there's adult day programs that people can tap into, though a lot of people don't like the name adult day. Either they'd like uh, some other type of, uh, of, of setting or, or name for those. Uh, people are tossing that around. I've seen um, one woman, her story was hilarious. Um, she would go to church every week and her friends would say, you know, what can we do for you? What can we do for you? And she would always say, oh, nothing. I've got it under control. I've got it under control. And one day her little friend pulled her aside and said, you don't have it under control. You can blame me. You don't have it under control. She, she went and she bought her a set of note cards and she says, I'm going to give these to you. And she says, I want you to go home and write down all the things you could use help with. If it's somebody getting your mail, if it's someone cutting the grass, if it's someone coming to stay with your husband so you can get your hair done, I don't care what it is, but I want every single card filled out when we come to church next Sunday. So they go to church the next Sunday, and one of the friends came up and said, you know, what could I, what could I help you with? And instead of saying no and pushing people away, she just reached into her purse, didn't know what it was, and she handed them a card. Oh, wow. And she realized, you know, after talking with her friend about this, that, you know, how much she herself loved caring for others and being able to help out. And, and sometimes I think care partners don't realize that they're um, not allowing others to feel good about helping out someone else you know we're taking that opportunity away so I, I think so often we look at it as a burden but for many it's it's truly a gift they want to be there for their friends and for their family and, and to support and 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 companies like home instead are are prepared to step in and kind of you know be that family for them when they need that that extra support when it's just when it's not there in, in other ways and it can just be a lifesaver because we both know so often a care partner can end up having major health issues prior to the person with dementia. And then, then that really upsets the apple cart. Now you're, now you're in total crisis and having to change things around. And that's, that's what Home Instead is really trying to avoid for people. It's kind of keeping that peace. Can you talk a little bit about Hilarity for Charity? Because I know you're, you're doing some work with them as well, I believe. Yes, yeah. I have uh, a slide just to give you guys a little overview of, of this grant program we've created. So we know that, you know, respite can be so beneficial, 
but we know that not everyone can afford respite care. And so uh, those who are caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's and dementia have the opportunity to apply for a grant uh, through the Hilarity for Charity Respite Grant Program. And so we've partnered with them, gosh, I think it's been over five years now, and we've been able to help out so many families through this grant program. Uh, it's been really neat to see uh, the positive impact that you know these hours of care can provide uh, for that family caregiver gives them the energy to keep going. So um, we've together uh, we've granted you know over 255,000 hours worth of care and support for these family caregivers. And it is open to the public to apply for a grant. We do uh, give them out on a regular basis. So it's not an immediate kind of emergency grant situation. It, it does take a little time for uh, the application process to take place, but anyone can apply at help for alzheimersfamilies.com. And then uh, on that grant application, we ask you to tell us about your caregiving situation. Really give us a description of a, a look into your day-to-day -day life as a caregiver, and that helps our, um, our grant uh, a grant team uh, really take a look at those applications and make sure that help is getting to those who are really uh, in the most need. So I would encourage anyone to apply. It's, it's again, has been so fun and uh, to get to call these applicants and say, you know, you've received a grant and just the sigh of relief that you can you can hear over the phone even. Uh, we've done a couple in-person interviews and and one woman said, this grant literally saved my life. I felt like as a caregiver, I just was at my wit's end. I felt like it was gonna take me before it took my loved one. And so this program really was that um, kind of lifesaver. So uh, again, if you want to apply, we encourage you to do that at helpforalzheimersfamilies.com. Oh, that's, that is wonderful. Now you guys also have done some things in terms of educating businesses out there too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. We have um, an Alzheimer's friendly business program, uh, which has been a, a great way to create more of that dementia friendly community. We know that uh, this disease can be very isolating, uh, not only for the individual living with Alzheimer's and dementia, but also their care partner, uh, especially if the individual can't really leave the house or uh, if the care partner is nervous about taking their loved one out in public because they're uh, afraid that their lover might do something out of the ordinary that people won't understand. So we helped uh, develop this training. Uh, any business can go online. Uh, we have it available at helpforalzheimersfamilies.com. I think there's also a uh, alzheimersfriendlybusiness.com URL that will also link there. Uh, but uh, the, the premise of it, it's, it's a a basic training, but just kind of helps businesses understand what is Alzheimer's disease? What are some of the common um, symptoms that result or behaviors that result because of Alzheimer's or dementia? That way, if they see an individual in their place of business, whether it's, uh, I know my dentist is Alzheimer's friendly business certified, or whether it's a bank or a grocery store or a restaurant, that they're just a little more compassionate and understanding and take a little extra time with that customer to make them feel more welcome in that business establishment. So it's been fun to watch businesses go through this training. Uh, even some first responders have really benefited from uh, the Alzheimer's Friendly Business Training. So if you have a business out there or want to learn more, we encourage you to check it out. Yeah, it's such a huge, huge movement, um, getting people to understand this is, 
this, this touches more than just the medical model. And I think sometimes people think when they've got a disease, well, I have to, you know, it just, it just affects our family. And, and then, you know, we're, we're in this medical model, but, you know, dementia, any form of it is really a societal issue. It's one that, that touches so many people, you know, your family, your friends, um, your, your colleagues, your neighbors, um, people at the gas station, the grocery store, and most have been touched by it. You know, one in one person every three seconds develops some form of dementia around the world. And people are shocked when they hear that statistic. And that's really about the only one I use. But, you know, when you, when you start having the conversation, when you make it comfortable, um, it just, it, you'll, you will be surprised. And this has to come out of the closet. It has to come out of your house. And we have to help people not be embarrassed or ashamed of a medical condition, you know, because that's the only way, that's the only way that we're going to be able to create more services and products and tools to help you out. And so those conversations have to be had. And Homestead's done a great job, you know, providing you with a lot of free things um, that you should take advantage of. Don't hesitate in terms of getting involved and having having that conversation. I did want to have you um, talk a little bit more in depth about Home Instead Senior Care, and if if I wanted that for a loved one of mine, what would be the process, and what kinds of things can you provide? Because I don't think everybody understands really what what home care is, and there's different levels of it. So if you can explain. Home Instead um, Senior Care's network and, and what that involves, I think that would be really helpful for our audience. I would be happy to. You're right. I encounter a lot of people who under, understand what home health is, but they don't always understand what home care is. And the two services actually can be often very complementary of one another. So uh, at Home Instead Senior Care, again, we provide that highly personalized care at home. Uh, and so the process really uh, to get signed up for services, or even to just have a free care consultation would be to contact your local office. So we have homeinstead.com where you can do a zip code search for your local Home Instead office. Uh, we have about 650 in the U.S., so there's likely one near you or wherever your loved one is living. And so we come out and we do a, a care consultation. So what that entails is really just sitting down with the individual living with dementia and their family members to discuss what are their care needs. Um, and it might be something as simple as um, companionship or you know spending time with that individual you know, engaging them in meaningful activities while their loved one gets away for respite could be a couple days a week. Uh, but we can also uh, kind of increase our services as the needs of the individual and the family grow. So we can also help around the house with, you know, cooking meals, uh, light housekeeping. We can help with those medication reminders. We know medication management is so important. Uh, and, you know, if there's not a routine medication uh, regimen, then sometimes uh, more health conditions can take place or more health incidences. So we can help with that. Uh, but then also, uh, we know as the disease progresses, it impacts individuals' ability to provide for their activities of daily living. So bathing, grooming, restroom, uh, 
needs, that sort of thing. So our, our trained caregivers, uh, they provide personal care services. So they can help with the shower or they can help with the grooming process, the dressing process, and even help with some of those uh, incontinence or restroom needs. So we kind of uh, have a, a, a range of services. And again, uh, we really tailor it to what the individual needs uh, and we meet them where they're at in the disease, but can also you know, grow with them. So how we're different than, you know, a home health care is uh, we don't have a physical therapist or an occupational therapist. Uh, so, and some of those more skilled nursing tasks, that's what a home, home health care company would do. Uh, but we can, again, partner with those home health companies uh, to, again, customize that care. And it can be as little as, you know, three or four hours a day, up to 24 seven, uh, 365 if needed. But Again, we can we can grow with the individual and even provide these services after they've transitioned to a memory care facility. So we know that having that consistency can help with the transition and a lot of times families will keep us on uh, even if it's just a few days a week to help with that transition. So we can really be there for them um, you know, as they progress through the disease. So we can even help with that end of life care and is on hospice. We can support that hospice team uh, and that individual. Uh, through the end of life. So it really, again, just spans um, from a little bit of help all the way to full support. That is nice um, when it comes to the transition. Uh, and it's really quite smart to carry that over just for that comfort level and that routine and extra set of eyes. Because I know there's always a lot of angst when somebody is, is placed into, an, uh, into a community or hospital or whatever it might might be. One question, can because a lot of times I know when I'm talking with people, they think, well, they have to, if I hire them, they're just going to do stuff at my home. Can your people take them out to a movie or, you know, go to the park or go for walks and things like that? Or is it just in, in the house itself type opportunities? If the family gives us the okay. And actually that's, uh, you know, a great way for the individual uh, living with dementia, again, to get back out in the community or maintain some of their favorite activities. Uh, one of my favorite stories is a gentleman loved golf, but he really physically couldn't play golf anymore. So his caregiver would take him to the driving range and they would get a, a soda and they'd sit there and they'd watch and they'd critique uh, the various uh, golfers who were hitting balls at the driving range. So again, it goes back to the kind of those meaningful and opportunities for engagement, really getting to know the individual, their preferences, uh, what they love doing, their hobbies, uh, and making sure that those are incorporated into their day-to-day uh, their -day life. So whether it's going to a museum or just going to a park and getting some sunshine, seeing uh, people, little kiddos running around, that can do a lot uh, in terms of lifting spirits and again, continuing to engage them in their community, which we know, again, is so, so important. Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm glad I asked that because that is a question that I get from a lot of people not understanding. And, um, you know, it's just a matter, a matter of asking. And you guys seem to be so person-centered in terms of, of what you're doing and um, relationship-based, um, really kind of getting at the, the heart of, of what a family needs and wants um, to make to make this journey a little bit little bit easier uh, for everyone. Is there anything that we haven't covered? Do you want to maybe highlight some of your upcoming programs that you have? 
You know, um, we do have a great Facebook community. I'd love to highlight that. Uh, so I did pull up again a screenshot. Uh, we have over 270 followers on our Facebook page. It's very active. We always put questions out there and get a lot of great feedback. And we also stream our live chats on Facebook Live. It's something new we've been trying and we've, get, we've gotten a lot of great response from that. So uh, that's one way you can connect with other caregivers. And uh, one of my favorite parts about our uh, email list, which I mentioned earlier, you can sign up for that on our Help for Alzheimer's Families com website is that we'll put a scenario out that came from one of our uh, Facebook followers or one of our email participants. Maybe it's a situation they're dealing with. And we ask fellow caregivers, you know, what are your tips and suggestions for this caregiver? And we found the most remarkable suggestions come from other caregivers in their community. So it's a great way to connect with other caregivers, again, through our Facebook group. And it's Remember for Alzheimer's is the name of our Facebook group. So you can just search that on Facebook. Um, and then we also, we know wandering can be uh, something that some individuals experience with Alzheimer's or another type of dementia. And that can be a very scary situation for family members. So we created uh, the Missing Senior Network, which is a resource where you can go in and create a profile for your loved one. And then you can type in all the contacts. Uh, so in case of an emergency, if your loved one wanders, you can log into the website and send one message out to all of the contacts in your contact profile. So that saves you a lot of time uh, calling or sending text messages. Um, and it can also put an alert out on your Facebook page if that's something, a, a community you engage with. Again, uh, to help find those individuals who might have wandered. We know time is of the essence, so that tool has also been really helpful. Um, and, and there's a lot of great resources. We also have a website called caregiverstress.com um, in addition to our help for Alzheimer's families.com. And caregiverstress.com has, you know, more general caregiving um, topics that are really pertinent but can apply to those uh, who are caring for loved ones with Alzheimer's or dementia, such as home safety. We know that that's a big topic um, and managing that caregiver stress that so many are dealing with. So those are a few of our other resources that we have out there. But uh, what I love about Home Instead is we're always putting out new public education programs. We just did one called Home Your Own Way. And it was all about, um, is your home set up for you to age in? What are some things you can do kind of on the preventative side of things to prepare your home uh, for, you know, the way you want to age? So we're always coming out with new helpful tools and resources on those various websites. I love that title, Home Your Own Way. That's, that is uh, great. And on this slide here, um, you know, you've got a, the, the Missing Senior Network, but you also have some information on preventing wandering and, you know, so many people will say, well, you know, my person doesn't wander. You don't know if they wander till they wander. Mm -hmm. And that can, that can switch on a dime. So having, having that information, log, you know, already logged in, ready to go, because when someone goes missing, you're frantic. I mean, it, you're in the midst of crisis. And if that can all be pre-established information, um, what, a, what a help that can be does that can that hook up at all with the um with the local police at all 
You know, that's a, that's a great question. At this point, it, it does not. Um, I don't believe you can type 911 into uh, your contacts, but I think the beauty of it is you can, you know, call your local authorities and then jump on this website and send one mass uh, message out to your family, friends, neighbors, that sort of thing. So it still helps to minimize the number of, of communication attempts you have to make uh, to help locate your loved one. So, um, you know, unfortunately, I don't believe that it does connect to your local law enforcement, but again, it cuts down on that time. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, and one thing that I learned in working with our dementia-friendly com uh, community here in Roseville, Minnesota, when we had uh, with the police and EMTs and fire out for a panel one time, and they and, and I didn't know this until they told told us this. They said, you know, anybody can call nine one one non emergency and register that they have a person living in their house with dementia, what their name is, what they like to be called, note which direction they typically like to scoot. You know, if they're a lefty or a righty when they when they turn to go out the door and walk. Um, it was and you can have all their basic height and weight, you can have, you can um, give them information on their doctors, all kinds of different stuff they'll take, you know, as long as there's not a crisis going on in the community and there's no charge for that. But what they said was it really helps if, um, if an officer or fire is called to the house, they know what to expect. And a lot of times people can give great helpful hints uh, to calm somebody down. Just by using, you know, if it's a, a husband who's upset and say, Mary is going to be home shortly, we've been in contact with her, you know, using those names or nicknames can be really, really reassuring for people. Um, or if music works to help calm them down, you'd say, you know, because they can pull out their phone too and play a song and, and yeah. can help calm somebody down. So all those little things, um, it is just another way to, to be prepared just in case, because we never know when an emergency, you know, could happen. And that emergency may be the person with dementia, or it could be um, the care partner themselves. Let's say you get in a car accident. Mm -hmm. And I think so often the care partners are so, um, so focused on who they're caring for, they forget about what if something happens to me and having a backup plan for that as well. Um, even just having those little cards. I don't know if you guys do this or not, but a lot of places have the card saying, you know, I have dementia, please be patient with me. Or uh, there'll be a card saying, I'm with somebody with dementia, please be patient with us. But what we did with those cards in our, in our Roseville um, dementia group was on the back side, we put contact information. Because, you know, that's nice, but if someone's in a car accident or someone has a heart attack or a stroke, you still don't know who to contact. And so we just added that on the back, and, and that's been a really um, great resource for people just to carry in their purse or wallet or put in their glove compartment with their insurance papers, whatever. I really like that that suggestion. I have seen those cards, and, and we do reference them in some of our uh, materials, but I like adding that contact information to the back. You're absolutely right. You know, um, if, if something were to happen to them, um, the, the care partner, it'd be great to have that contact information. You know, it sounds like you have such a great dementia-friendly community happening in your area. I love hearing all these tips uh, from right from the work you're doing. It sounds great. Yeah, they've even started a what they call memory minders. They're working with the libraries. And so our libraries in Ramsey County um, have 
um, kits for people. Um, they have kits for um, Alzheimer's and dementia. Basically, um, they have them for early, mid, and late stages, and they have an engagement piece, an education piece, and some other things in between there. And then now they've just done one, I think, for Lewy body and FTD, and now they've developed one for children so that children can understand, you know, maybe what's going on if it's a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, um, education forum. And so those have been really cool too to see, and, and they're starting to pick up and, and spread around the country as well. Well, actually, outside even the country with that. So the sky is the limit. It just, uh, if, you, if you believe you can make a difference, you will. And, um, and I think it's, it's really thinking outside the box of, of what, you know, what's been provided so far. I think that those are the cutting edge things that are truly starting to grow because people know that our government, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of money and our, our medical processes um, aren't, is, aren't where we think they, they should be. And so that means individuals have to step up and, and get more involved in businesses like Home Instead, take that thought leader role and, and get creative. And, and um, it, it's amazing what all you guys are doing. I just, uh, I thank you so much uh, for coming on the show and, and sharing the work and the, the massiveness. You've gone outside your box of, of what people would expect. They're like, well, I'm going to hire somebody to help me out. But you are doing, you are helping in so many other, uh, on so many other levels and in making it accessible for people and affordable is huge. It's absolutely huge. And so kudos to you guys. Well, thank you. And thanks for, again, uh, letting us share these, these resources and opportunities. Uh, again, it's just uh, something we feel so passionately about is increasing the world's capacity to care because we know until there's a cure, there has to be good quality care uh, because so many people are living with this disease. Uh, so we need to help people uh, within family units provide better care to their loved ones in the, in the professional care industry, you know, raising the bar. So, um, you know, that's what we're, we're about. And at the end of the day, we just want to enhance those lives of those that we come in contact with each and every day. Well, I, I love, like I said, what you're doing. You know, when I, when I switched careers, I, I basically made a commitment that I couldn't work in a broken system. And, and that's really how Alzheimer's Speaks was created, was just trying to think out of the box and do things a little bit differently. And, and I see that you guys are, are right there in terms of how you're delivering services. Again, people can go to homeinstead.com. That's their main mm -hmm. website. You can also go to helpforalzheimersfamilies.com. And as you can see on the screen, uh, you can go to missingseniornetwork.com and um, also preventwandering.com. And then, uh, Lakeland, you had also mentioned, I think it was uh, caregiverstress.com. Yes. And um, so that is fantastic. And if you want to reach out to Lakeland, her information is on the website, but it's Lakeland, L-A-K-E-L-Y-N. Hogan, H-O-G-A-N, at Home Instead, Inc., that's I-N-C, dot com. 
And again, I thank you so much for being with us. This has just been a, a great conversation. And um, I know our audience will be uh, thrilled to learn all these new resources that you have. Well, thank you so much. And thanks again for having me and, and for all the work that you do in the Alzheimer's and dementia space. I've been very just impressed with, with all the work and the progress that you're making. And you're right, everyone can make a difference. And so uh, you definitely are doing that. So thank you again. And I hope that you have a wonderful day. You too. Bye now. Bye. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.